Hello and good morning, everybody. Hello, Arrow? Yes, that's me. <laughs> I love your attitude. I'm so used to talking to all these different producers right off the bat. And it's like, here you are. It's a Monday. What you doing, dude? So, <laughs> love your attitude. Great to be here. Great to be here. To write this book, I mean, right away, I, 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 at the top of the page, it says, to write a book like this means to open the soul. How did you grow forward with this idea? Oh, what a question. Well, I had never written a book before, but my sister died mm-hmm. when she was 59, and I was just hit with this feeling that I had to tell her story. That's because I really needed to tell her that I loved her, I was sorry about what happened to her, and I needed to write about her life and also her poetry. You know, you know, she was... Uh, had serious mental illness starting at age of 25 and she spent 30 years in and out of psychiatric hospitals mm. Mm. what was it the the connection to the poetry because i too am a poet and and we go into areas that others do not understand but what was it that drew her to that poetry what drew her to poetry mm-hmm. oh wow uh she was a very uh, she she was a very passionate person she she loved the world she loved nature she wrote a lot of nature poetry and uh she was so artistic uh in many ways she was um musical she played the piano and the oboe she drew and we were just a very she was just very creative and that was reinforced we were we all loved words in the family. She read a lot, and she loved Walt Whitman. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And uh, and the French symbolist poet, poets when she got older. And, you know, I think there was something about, well, well, with Whitman, it was about the engagement, her love of nature and adventure. Later, with the, with the other types of French symbolist poets, there was some of that alienation that she was beginning to feel. Um, it, it's it's almost like I mean, she's she was born a genius, but other people saw different things. I mean, did did you feel that? Yes, especially when she was first um, hostile because she was young and adventurous. Um, she had been to Israel and back, and she just had a, a different view of the world. Uh, she didn't want to be confined to a job and and. Uh, uh, or school in the conventional sense. So yeah, I thought she was a a free spirit and my parents were trying to keep her down. And, you know, the truth is, there are a lot of ways to be in the world and some people have a different have a different path to take yeah and it's hard for them to fit in the book we're talking about is roll back the world um maybe maybe five percent of us know what schizophrenia is you lived it i mean you know what the journey is like and what you had to deal with and and expect yeah well it took a long while and uh it was hard for me to accept that that what was happening to her and there's not one thing that schizophrenia is. It's a diagnosis we use today, mm-hmm. but um, it, you know, the, it, it's a set of, it's a checklist of things, of behaviors. Um, and it, it's a lot of, it's emotional distress, it's disorientation, um, it's lack of self-care, um, 
sometimes is hearing voices that you don't realize are coming from yourself, but that, but you think they're coming from somewhere somewhere yeah. else. So um, she had a lot of the the passive symptoms. Um, you know, you didn't see her hallucinating or you know talking to voices so much, but um, the lack of uh, inability to experience joy is what they call a negative symptom. Um, a flat uh, flat affect or expressions is another, and this lack of lack of care lack lack of self-care was the really um, big one that made my parents hospitalize her this is more than just a, a memoir about a sister. I mean, you really embrace the family spirit inside these pages, which which to me, there's going to be families that are going to read this book that are going to chime into it and, and start reaching out to you. I, I hope so, because it is a family story. You know, there's her story, my story, our family story. Um, and a lot of what I, I didn't understand what had happened to her, why it got so bad. And why was it her, not me? So I, I did a lot of investigating because this was a mystery to me. And I went through just tons of material, family documents, letters, FBI files, hospital records, and to really place her at a particular time of history, in history, in our family. Uh, during World War II, she was a war baby. What, what the impact of that was on her my father being away fighting overseas mm-hmm. her not seeing him for you know her first couple of years and that had a lot of impact on the family structure and then when she was hospitalized she had three siblings myself and two others and we were all off you know starting our own lives well me and my brother my younger sister was still home and so there's that conflict of how do we manage our lives and, and, and think about what's happening to Rachel and do something. So that was, that was extremely hard and that took a toll on all of us. I mean, I just had to push these feelings of sorrow and guilt and grief away and get on with my life. Uh, and, you know, each of my siblings had their own path. Yeah. And, but pushing them away, I discovered, it allowed me to get on, but yet there was a cost to that. I talked about the cost of staying silent, and there's a cost of not dealing with these Boy. these issues, too. Mm-hmm. You know, then I began to experience my own um, problems with depression, um, even though I had, you know, the life I wanted. I had a family and a career. So, yeah, there's a lot of uh, mixed emotions, there's a lot of family interactions, family conflicts, family disagreements about what to do. And I think that's something people can relate to. I hope so. Yeah, because this is a part of Americana that people don't realize. We, you know, we've always been told, you know, they came back from Germany, uh, the men and women, and we all lived happily ever after. Look at the beautiful 50s and the 60s. And it's like, wait a second, there were troubles. And you're being very transparent with us on this. That, And, and you got to remember, I, I, I dealt with it as well. Uh, Deborah. I mean, you, you were going through a period when there was somebody in the family that where there was something wrong. You institutionalized them because they wanted to put my brother away. And my mother stood up and said, no, I was will raise this child nobody else will wow yeah yeah there was a feeling then that you just you know everyone should be happy and mm-hmm. uh uh you know even with uh people with uh developmental developmentally challenged 
put put them away, let the other children um, focus on the other children. Mm -hmm. And that was very, very common. My mother, though, because of her own history, her own needs, she was abandoned as a child, was not, didn't have the ability to do that, what your mother did. Um, and Rachel was much older by then. She was uh, 20, um, 23 when she was institutionalized. So, um, and, and my mother felt that she couldn't handle her. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, she, she could rush off and, you know, take a bus to Wichita or Chicago, wherever they were in St. Louis then. Uh, so it, she couldn't handle her. And there was this belief then that these me new medications would help. But as I mentioned, I think they harmed her more than they helped mm -hmm. her. She was, she just lost a lot of her personality for her, uh, for a long time. And, um, just didn't have, and it, the, the medication sedated her basically. Right. It was, it was a chemical straitjacket. But, you know, if you, people believed in that, you, you know, educated people believed that would help. They, um, sometimes people still do. Right. The book we're talking about is Roll Back the World. And the one thing is, as a writer, the one thing I've always learned is that you let things go and, and it clears the heart for other things to come into your life. What have you personally experienced knowing that you have now relinquished this book into our hearts? Oh, it's it's just, uh, it's publication date is actually tomorrow. So it's just going out into the world. And I feel like I'm just taking baby steps yep. um, to to open it up and to open my heart up and to tell my story uh right so it, it, it it's it's scary mm -hmm. but it is cathartic cathartic because i do feel that this story i didn't tell for so long i can now tell yeah I, i'm opening it up so wow, it, wow. it's quite exciting but scary. <laughs> I, must say. I totally yeah. get that. I totally get that. Yeah. Where can people go to find out more information about you? You mentioned that this is your first uh, book, but man, they need to know about more about you because now they've heard your voice on this show. Let's learn more about you and give you some love. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Well, I do have a website, uh, DebraKasden.com, D-E-B-O-R-A-H, Kasden.com. And there are links on it to both stores where you can buy it online or you can go into a store uh so to learn about me yeah check out my website there's some family pictures mm -hmm. there's a little statement by me about why why i wrote the book uh bio uh so yeah, I'd love to hear from people. Absolutely. Well, you've got to come back to this show anytime in the future, Deborah. The door is always going to be open for you. Thank you. Thank you, Arrow. Well, you be brilliant today, okay? Okay, you too. Bye-bye.